On today's episode, we have Paddy back on to chat to us along with Josh about the upcoming CanCon tournament, plus our usual old world rules and lore chats and our hobby progress. Enjoy. Welcome to the Old World Fanatics again, your Warhammer Fantasy podcast to quench your hobby thirst for all things the Old World. And I'm joined once again by Andrew and Josh. I'm one of your hosts, Gomo. How's everyone today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Gomo. There you go. Pretty oh, good. Pretty good, um, guys. Very excited about this episode coming up. Yeah, we've got yeah. a few things to pack in, haven't we? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Woke up to some good news too, which we can, uh, we can uh, talk a little bit about as well. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Um, I guess just catch the listeners up on what we're probably going to do today. We got to um, we did we grabbed it, uh, Paddy again, Paddy Gallagher, uh, one of the guests that we had on. I can't remember. I should have looked. Actually, it was, it was episode three, four, something like that. Um, she's actually uh, co-toing with our own Josh here on a, yep. on CanCon in uh, yep. in 2024, which is uh, probably going to be one of the biggest sixth edition tournaments in Australia lately. I guess well, it will be. Um, yeah, but then. I- Maybe it's, it's a send-off. Maybe it's not. We don't know yet. I hope not. Yeah. I mean, I hope, well, I don't know. That's, if, if it isn't a send-off, it's because the old world hasn't done well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> you know? I'm hoping it's a send-off um, in a so good way. It might be send-off yes. in a good way. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. It's Yeah, it's it's frustrating sometimes, isn't it, where you just have a scene, like it's just going from strength to strength almost. You know, it's gone from yeah. 50 to, you know, maybe more than that, maybe hopefully 60 this year. Um, but then part of it, I think, is because of the anticipation yeah. around the author, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. partly so. why I think why it's such in. a strong yeah. exactly. um, yeah. uh, following. Well, right I now. think so too, but yeah, we don't, we never know. Yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. So we're going to do that. We've got a little, you know, we'll do our normal news and, and um, hobby time. A little mm. bit of catch up on some thoughts we had. Uh, last episode was hugely successful for us i think everyone loves chatting about rules and which is weird but i guess i guess because it's old world content you know like what what do we think what do we not that sort of stuff um but i think we had some other thoughts around some things we either missed or just different sort of questions that sort of came up from that um and then what we wanted to intro we're going to try to do one of these today which hopefully won't take too long is like a faction focus sort of over the next before the old world comes out maybe every two episodes or so just like pick one of the nine factions that we know are going to be focused in on uh with the old world and just sort of you know not so much it's not an army book review or whatever like we did with the empire but just sort of what's this race doing you know like what we think it might be doing around that sort of time frame what the law is stuff like that anything that you know it's going to be different depending on the faction but um you know there might be some more notable storylines that you should know about or stuff like that or or just questions so today uh, yeah so it's mainly law based that we'll be doing the faction probably focus. yeah i think yeah. so i mean what do you yeah. think andrew probably yeah yeah just, i reckon just like at, at that time what's brought them there like a quick and dirty what's brought them there and then like just when about you know maybe focusing in on the last few hundred years mm. prior to so you just got a good understanding of you know exactly what they're doing when old world pops yeah, yeah. sounds good yeah no, so we do have one we do the high elves uh today i believe andrew's been because obviously he does he's got a high elf army he's interested yep. in them so yep. he's going to uh run us through that i had a bit of a look too because i know nothing about high elves really yep. so that'll be good that makes um, two of us <laughs> yeah I, I think we'll still do some actual art i think we can still squeeze in some army book reviews it'd be cool to 
I would like to do a few before we get to CanCon because there's some yep. armies I have no idea about. So I'd like, like in sixth edition, I mean, so it'd be good. Yeah, to, yeah. Just to brush up on them. Yeah, to brush to up about them. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah, always good. About them, yeah. And I know I've been, um, some people have hit us up already on the socials about, you know, jumping on for certain different factions. So, yeah, generally if the timetable works for that, you know, we're pretty keen to have people involved. So it's been really good. Uh, anyway, so that's that's the homework, I guess. <laughs> do we want to um, just kick into some of the news, I guess? So this morning was usually there's an email coming out and I wake up at like 5.30 and bang, there's an email. And I totally almost missed this. It was only because I saw it on the Discord group, the Warhammer Fantasy Discord group, if you're not a member of, um, that actually it was just basically the Warhammer community sending their weekly email out to say what's happening this week. Well, it's usually what's happening this week from them. Like, is you know, they bringing out, are they doing something or, you know, is there a new battle report on Warhammer Plus, that sort of stuff. Um, and at the beginning of, uh, sorry, at the end of the, email was this little tidbit just saying um you know they've got a new miniature for an upcoming warhammer 40k codex to reveal and our highly anticipated first look into rules from warhammer the old world and plenty more from across the warhammer spectrum so that's pretty cool i mean because we know there's a reveal show which is happening in the i can't remember the tournament but it's this massive games workshop run tournament i think it don't quote me is it in atlanta i don't know i might be wrong or did they just have one in Atlanta or somewhere else in America? Wherever it is, they're expecting hundreds of players at this tournament for AOS and 40K, and that's where they're going to do another reveal show, which is happening not this weekend but next, I think it is. Mm. Um, so I'm assuming that's when we'll get the Tomb King reveal, miniatures, you know, equivalent of what we saw with Brett's, but I'm no idea. Um but like I've always said, I just don't think we would get rule reviews in that, like reveals in those things. So I'm pretty keen with what they've said here that we might actually be getting one this week. I mean, is this how you read that? Yeah. Yeah, mm. I think so. Yeah. Hopefully shortly. Yeah. Um, weirdly that they say it's a first, first look, look. Yeah. into rules. It's second, isn't it, sort of? Unless they're going to be more detailed. Second. Either that or... They've just thrown that article out the window and they've gone with something completely different. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, who knows? Maybe. I'll be hoping it's somewhat detailed. Like, yeah, that's that's what I'm yeah, 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 hopefully. I mean, um, it, I, I mean, you never know. It might even be, you know, like some of the, like, um, Horace Heresy and, and actually the, what's the Epic one, the new one coming out with Epic, they actually, like, you can tell some of the clips they're showing are, like, out of the rule book, like the little, like, sort of rule how the data slates are done or something like that. So it'd be interesting if you see some of that. So just like not a screenshot of a page, but like the little, the design of the, of what the rules might look like, which would be pretty cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just thought that's worth talking about. So if you haven't seen that, read the la- latest, uh, I guess it's probably one of the latest articles on um, warhammercommunity.com. So that's cool. So hopefully we will be talking about more stuff next Monday on yeah. actual specifics who knows yeah. hopefully yeah but hopefully in a good way yeah <laughs> i've got only got one other bit of news and that was the i was messaging you guys on the weekend when i saw the uh, pre-order for fulgrim go oh, up <laughs> the price of that in australia <laughs> wow because if that's a re- it's a big resin hero obviously uh yeah. 400 dollars australian Woo. yeah that's crazy eye watering because, mm, I mean, it looks like, I mean, I'm not, I don't play those games, but it looks like an awesome figure and you're like, yeah, you got to have that for your army. And then, you're like, oh, God, if they start doing that with, which we expect yeah, they probably will in some things, but 
Well, I guess we haven't seen any massive resin kits uh, for the old world. It's been fairly small characters, except for like the horse and stuff. But nah, it's really big. Yeah. Well, you can yeah. see like like Bellacore and whatnot. I mean, he's they're they're pushing what two hundred bucks. Um, for oh, those yeah. bigger sort of models. Yeah. yeah. Like the bigger greater demons are sort of around those yeah. So maybe maybe it's just the resins sort of, you know. Yeah. Got... Yeah, it's just the sort of not made to order, but almost made to order, you know. Yeah. I mean? like, yeah. It's got that yeah. Forge World resin tax sort of thing. Like, yeah. you know, some of these just get a bit astronomical. Mm. Anyway, well I guess we're like I said, uh, just starting to get used to it. Just prepare yourselves, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, prepare, prepare your wives. That's, that's yeah, what you're prepare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but honey, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Anyway, that's the yeah, other. I don't think there's much more news on the on the. Uh, the I, don't, I haven't heard any other rumors and stuff. So I guess we'll just, just wait and see. I guess see what happens this week. Yeah. Did you guys get any, up to any hobby? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Fair bit. I mean, I'm always usually up to something. <laughs> Did got, you finish the hills? Did you flock them? Almost. Um, yeah, I've, I've, um, I did the static grass. I did the flocking, bit of extra course flock as well. I haven't put any photos up, but I sh- I'll pro- probably put them up on the Facebook um, next couple of days. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm actually pretty happy with how they look. I probably just need to pop on a few more. I'm just going to think if I want to fit a little animal in there somewhere or <laughs> something. <laughs> I've got like a crevice that I can might be able to fit like a fox or something in one of the bushes. I show you the photo. Um, uh, so I might try and do that at some at some point, maybe tomorrow. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I've grassed them up, so they're actually quite playable now. I'm pretty happy with how they look. And uh, what else was I doing? I've been painting my devoted for the slow grow. Uh, you know, they're taking ages actually. They're just sort of those six edition um, wood shells. I don't know. There's lots of little elements to them. They're taking me a while, but I'm almost getting through it now. And uh, that'll be good because if the slow grows, yeah, gee. Mm. It's only a couple of weeks too, is it? Just only two weeks away. Yeah. 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 So it's next weekend as well. So basically that's the Saturday. It's it's the 12th. So the following Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. 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 That that crept up that time. I'm like Mm. so far behind. Mm. I know. Yeah, I not. I'm, I'm like, oh, I mean, this stuff is. I thought this, I'd be able to bash this out in a week or two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I better make sure I get this done before I. Yeah. Before the day. <laughs> yeah, you can't be in charge of it. It is like, oh no, too much pressure. Too much pressure. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, uh, what else have I been doing? And oh, I've been just been printing off a couple of things. So, um, one of them was I found some. So like a, a Slanesh sort of um, uh, iconography for a, a standard bearer that I'm going to print. Well, I have printed off. I'm going to use it for the, the devoted standard bearer rather than the... Because the 6th edition witch elves have like this cane icon on the standard bearer. So I sort of like that doesn't fit the the theme at all. Um, uh, so yeah, so uh, Lost Kingdom Miniatures the other month actually did like a really slaneshy um, little Patreon month release that had like a bunch of different armored um, girls and that kind of thing that would actually work pretty well as the anointed um, main hero as well, I think, in that army. Um, but they also had a standard bearer and also a sorceress staff that I think actually 
would look quite good actually on the on the the uh, sorceress as well. Um, so I've been printing those off. I've had to reprint a couple of times. One because I got a bit of a fail on one of the prints where I hadn't supported a little part of the the Slanesh icon properly, and then I think I didn't quite get the scar right. So I've had to reprint it a few times to get it to the not too big, not too small. Because mm. um, uh, I was going to ask you that because you don't have only if you have, if you have the other fi- if you have the figure you're putting it on. 3D, like in your program, you could work it out. But if you're putting it on an existing figure, it's a bit hard. Is it right? is a bit hard. Yeah. I must admit, even mm. if you do have uh, a figure in the slicer mm. with the item, for some reason, God, I don't know why, <laughs> just, but for just, some reason, you still can't quite get it right. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until you yeah. printed them off and have them physically um, yeah. out, and then you can properly do it. I don't know why the slicer, mm. yeah, it's just. I think it's just because everything's in a 2D, like, yeah. from your perspective. Yeah, you're not actually holding it. You're not seeing. holding it. Yeah. So yeah, you yeah. can get it close, but it, yeah. sometimes you just print it off and you're still like, oh, this is still just yeah. a bit too small. Um, so it takes a couple of goes sometimes. Um, it makes me wonder. I've never even, like, do you, so, because you obviously subscribe to a lot of these patrons. Is this, like, if I said, like, or my orcs are a good example where, like, I had a lot of old banners, which they're not even really banners. It's like. I'd like to get ones that had a lot more. I don't know, I'm a lazy painter, so I want like actual, you know, embossed gawk symbols and stuff, so I can just like paint them. Yeah. Are they easily found? What do you, do you just go on 3D Mini, whatever it's called, and just look for orc banners? <laughs> Is that, or do you generally yeah, find them I in guess collections? I probably would try that. Oh, uh, yeah, like releases. There's different sites around. Some like Yegi is like a, a accumulator of different sites where you can search, like almost like a Google type thing. Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes you just search Google and put in Google like orc better STL and yeah, then just yeah, look at the images and see what okay. pops up. Yeah, you know, cool. or yeah, my mini factory or cult 3D. Yes, yeah, so that's it. My mini factory. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, um, but a lot of the banners aren't necessarily got embossment on them. Mm. I don't know. It depends mm. on the designer. A lot of them will keep it. Plain, which is fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Like, but um, I'm just getting lazy. But then you're it, rather. I think it's partly. I love because, them lost as well. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, people out there can actually, you know, they they like the the play better because then they can do their own embossment. I, yeah. haven't, mm. I haven't worked how to do that. Myself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, you actually do it in yeah. the in the, in the actual you know, program. Put yeah, it yeah. Right. In the STL, and just make your own sort of pattern that. that yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I and I was printing off the uh, your obelisks. Yeah, actually, I did. You put a picture of that somewhere. Where was that? Yeah, yeah they look maybe cool. that was in our messenger group. group. Yeah, oh, I yeah. did put it up. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. Cool. No, they oh, look awesome. Cool. No, thanks for Just that. Just the, the obelisk from the, the Highland miniatures uh, from the Tomb Kings um, stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So are they hollow or like do you keep them hollow? So yeah, they, they are hollow. Yeah, because otherwise yeah. would have been a lot of Just, resin. Yeah, that's yeah, why. Yeah. Then yeah, it doesn't work. Cool. Awesome. The only thing with hollow you. is you've got to make sure it's flushed. Like, because the resin, when you print it, you've got to clean it in alcohol. Yeah. So you've got to make sure to get stuff you've in there. You've got to make sure it. Yeah. You've got to make sure the the hollowed part it just falls flushed apart properly. Eventually, otherwise, yeah, if you have uncured resin sitting in there, it sort yeah. of leaches out the bottom after a few months, and like, yeah, it's just yeah, not right. a good situation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. No, thanks for that one. I'll get them all, uh, yeah, play around with them. That sounds mm. cool. I've, um, um, I've been doing absolutely nothing this week. I've been doing boat buying and boat buying related activities. Cool. Is this to go with the fishing? This is to go with the fishing. So oh. that, that has had me 
driving down to Sydney, South Sydney. Um, and Such a long way. I'll be driving down there again this week to <laughs> pick it up. Um, yeah, it's like a seven-hour round trip, and I'm just like, ugh. So, yeah. Is this a big boat or a little boat? Uh, it's pretty pretty little in the scheme of boats. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But it's bigger than what I've got, which yeah. is yeah, quite pretty much, yeah, it's a, a, a bit of a kayak sort of, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why my my old co-founder of my old startup, he's a massive fish. He lives up Colette, so he was always out fishing. He still does. He's always out fishing. Yeah, yeah. You know, spot. when I look at the four hundred dollar full group, my main mm. justification for being like, I can spend this sort of money mm. on a, on, oh, a, on yeah. a hobby is that I, I ain't buying say. boats. Yeah. So how do you justify yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you get away with buying boats and Warhammer? <laughs> oh, there was, there was stern words. Trust me, there's some stern words coming my way. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the, the, the hobby comes into contention <laughs> in, around my house quite a bit about the, um, excessive and i've moved it out of sight so i was hoping it's going to be out of mind but you know it, it still comes up so, yeah oh, right go into that one but maybe we'll if i that. if i just if you just get me to print stuff off for you you'll be like oh no just my mate printed it it didn't cost me a dime yeah, it didn't cost me anything <laughs> yeah. it was so funny though like i was like because i mean it's probably not that big an issue with me anymore like but um when it, yeah it was in the early days when you obviously you know you kids are young and you obviously don't have as much money and stuff but yeah it was funny with the uh those ones that you know the great swords are printed out and i was like and then that dragon i'm like i've actually paid for any of this except for like postage and stuff. legitimately i'm not lying <laughs> yeah. so, anyway, uh, that's gold cool uh yeah i mean i i haven't i've I was actually up i was up your way Andrew sort of went past. You're at Fern Bay, aren't you? I went past yeah, yeah, there the yeah. other day. Yeah, I was up at Salamander for the weekend. Yeah. So I didn't actually get much hobby on the weekend, but I'm just trying to get through my usual stuff, which is just finishing. I'm trying to be – I know I went crazy the other week with four things on the painting table, but there's only two, so I'm trying to just go through it. <laughs> but yeah, just yeah. The, uh, yeah, just these bloody sepulchre stalkers or whatever they're called, just to get them done for Old World and then um, – I will start. I'm going to do that this week. I'm going to. I don't know if I'll get it done for the slow grow, but I'm going to just send a little highlight the uh, arches and dryads for that slow grow list just to start painting. I got all the bases in because I had to get. Um, I bought some resin forest bases ages ago, but I didn't have like twenty fives. Um, so I bought some of them for the dryads and stuff like that, and for the dragon. Bought a big one for the dragon just to, so I can start doing that. Yeah, they look pretty cool. Some of those resin. Um bases yeah the only problem some of them are a bit too like the forest ones are okay but there's too much stuff on them so i don't think i'm going to be when able to you use put them, them all together yeah. yeah yeah so i'm gonna to have to like use some some and then leave just normal ones for others and yeah just yeah. otherwise they're all going to look like they're standing on tree stumps which, which won't look too good <laughs> which which um forest bases are uh called? the ones from back to basics oh those ones yeah yeah, yeah those ones yeah. yeah i know what you mean <laughs> yeah 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 so i'll use them for and you know maybe i'll just keep some of the bigger ones like that for unit fillers and stuff like that so see how we go um but i am still just i know this is not warhammer related but fantasy related but i am doing the orc boys up as well because they're so i'm doing mostly contrast so i feel like i'd like to just get a routine down and then i can just smash out this orc 40k army over the next six months or so as well 
But yeah, just it's annoying. It's sort of like what you went with your Slanesh. It's like you just you want to try and it's not so much I care about the color scheme either. But to me, it's just what I want to paint. Like, what's the process? You know, like what's yeah. the skin? Which leathers am I using? And and then obviously with the orcs, like what sort of upper color? You know, like I've I've gone goth, so. I am going to go golf, I think. So I am going to put some checker patterns on there. But then you still need something like a red or a yellow because there's always a cloth or a banner thing they're holding. So I'm like, do I want to, you know, otherwise they just ends up look too black. So yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. just playing around with that at the moment, see which contrast look better and then go with yeah. that. Do you find it's hard sometimes with the contrast working out what the color is going to be? Before you put it on the model? Well, basically, that's the thing. Yeah, so I've got like three different reds on three different tr- – like these boys are going to look like crap like at the end of the day because they're all going to be slightly different. Even the skin color is going to be yeah. a bit different because I've been trying different stuff. But getting yeah. there, but I mean I'm not really prioritizing them compared yeah, to fantasy. So it almost feels like you've got to experiment more with the contrast paints to get the yeah. right tone because you've got to wait for it to dry and that kind of thing. and It's a whole lot more process, whereas – you've if got, you just paint, yeah, if you, you just paint what, it, you know what the color's <laughs> going to be before yeah, you put it on the it model. It is a bit like that, yeah. <laughs> and I guess I wanted to bring that up with you guys. There was like the priming these arches. I like. I feel like to me, it depends on how you do the zenithal. Like that's if you're doing this slap shop stuff. Like that makes a difference too. And I feel like that that also can be a bit of difference from just doing the standard grey. You know, like yeah. I'm thinking with these definitely wood elves of doing what I did with this dragon where I sort of went that sort of bone, not bone colored, but it's a darker, a lighter brown, but then with like my dry brushed yellow over it and then put the contrast on it. Oh yeah. Right. So, so it was not so, yeah, I don't know. It just adds that. Cause I think that goes well with greens and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, we'll keep that. Even on the dryads, I think it might come out. Okay. When you put brown cause yellow, sits alongside brown quite fine as a highlight yeah it does so, yeah and they give a mm, nice warm tone like it yeah. depends what the color what sort of color you're aiming for when you finish but yeah so i'm going to try that and see how they they turn out but i'm assuming those dryads would contrast pretty well yeah still I think, go on that autumn-y uh well no i'm gonna go strong. so i'm going end of summer <laughs> Okay. So yes, I'll have like <laughs> flickerings of yellows or like reds, yeah. but not as much. Not quite. So it'd be no. mostly green. But then on the cloaks and stuff, I want to use. I want to try using orange. Like so, mostly green and browns, but with some type of one thing that's orange, whether or not it's an under part of their cloak or something, and then that'll tie into a little bit of autumn starting to come, but um, oh, not yeah. full autumn. Yeah, that's what oh. I'm going to try. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, um, and then yeah, I was going to use that orange as sort of that you know the faces of the dryads or something to sort of be that. And then I was you know those spr- what are they called the sprites or whatever on that dragon. Yeah, it, did you say sprites? Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, spites, spites, yeah. spites. Yeah. That's it. Um, I'll probably do them like orange, Wizardy. like glowingy orangey rather yeah. than the blue, um, and try and match them. So yeah. we can mix them up in different colors. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, that's uh, that's the hobby stuff. So we should get on to the main topic. Do you guys want to? Um, oh, you've got, you've finished. You guys are all done with your hobby. Yeah. Done for this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always more to come. Yeah. Okay. Let's go chat to Patty, and um, we'll talk to you guys on the other side. Yep. 
Welcome back, everyone. Um, we've got Paddy on our podcast again. Thanks for coming, Paddy. I think everyone probably knows you, but um, yeah, we've got Paddy on and Josh, I guess, to talk about CanCon because oh, you yeah. guys are both running CanCon this year. Yep. Hello, yeah. Yep. Oh, great to be back. Great <laughs> to be back. Uh, we're a little bit disjointed at the moment. Sorry, everyone who's listening because uh, Andrew's supposed to be here too, but he's running a little late. Uh, he had to drop out just when this interview kicked on. So I'm assuming he will pop it back in again soon. Uh, so hopefully he can he can uh, get on a moving train. But yeah, look, we, yeah, we wanted to have you on, Paddy, because obviously you and Josh are running CanCon. Um, I'm being a little minion to help whatever I can for you guys. But we just thought it'd be cool to, I guess, have a chat about where it's up to and, you know, sort of before we started recording that maybe this is a – a hooray to a uh, sort of goodbye to maybe some of these legacy versions of Warhammer, hopefully, if the old world's out or very close by then, um, given that this is January. Yeah, maybe, it'll, yeah. It's, um, yeah. I mean, the, the, the books will always be there. The rules will always be there. So yeah. we have to go back to them. That's right. I mean, new editions <laughs> haven't stopped people coming back to, to sick. Yeah. But it will be really interesting to see what the like state of everything is. Yeah, it's it's a real flux, um, a time of flux at the moment. We don't know, mm, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, no, look, really appreciate you coming on, and also, um, oh, here comes Andrew now, and oh, also helping run the tournament. So, hey, Andrew, how you go, mate? We just kicked it off with Paddy, so I just said that you might have uh, just been a bit late jumping on the interview, but here he is, the man, yeah, yeah. the man of the air, trying to look, trying to look after kids. Nah, <laughs> all good, no, don't worry. <laughs> Well, we haven't really started at all. I just sort of said hi to Paddy. Um, I am going to kick off because I'm going to kick off the uh, quiz again like I did last week. So I'm going to ask ChatGPT for another law-focused question around Warhammer Fantasy. (laughs) And because we've got Paddy, I'm sure she'll be able to answer it or help us. Let's see what it says. Hang on. It's coming up. Uh, It is... Uh, hang on, sorry. God. I'm never going to get these. I yeah. have terrible law knowledge. <laughs> I feel like sorry. last week I, I was mean, lost. I'm having issues with chat GPT at the moment. Oh, so no. it for me. Now, here it comes. Here it comes. Oh, God, this is, I swear that we did this last week. The war, it's actually maybe related to some other stuff we'll chat on the podcast about. But the War of the Beard is a monumental conflict in Warhammer Fantasy's history that occurred between two major factions. Name these factions and describe the inciting incident that sparked this war. It's a pretty easy one. Oh, yeah. Who's going to answer uh, that? Well, I think everyone knows what the War of the Beard is. I mean, I can't remember the actual like names of the, the guys involved because they're bloody elves and dwarves. But wasn't it up? Uh, it was all incited by Malekith, wasn't it? He shaved yeah. like uh, the High King's like. Yeah, we, were, we talked about this last week. I can't remember his name. It. Was it? Who, Andrew, you knew who it was, wasn't it? Oh, I, I, I shouldn't answer this because I'm actually oh. looking at it right oh, now. Okay, oh, right. Because I'm going yeah. through the law for the. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's in okay. my notes. Oh, right. Okay. Well, that's cheating, but that's okay. Just researching it. Funny. Yeah, but basically a big uh, shit fight between bloody elves and dwarves as usual, hey? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. That's cool. We don't need to. Yeah. Well, it's actually yeah, very topical because we are probably going to be covering some high elf stuff. So um, 
yeah, very topical, as Andrew just sort of alluded to. Now, cool. Let's get on to the, the core topic here. Let's <laughs> yeah. have a little bit of fun here. I was hoping ChatGPT can be a bit more uh, tricky with some of its questions. But I'm going to trivia a question if you want. I'll go for it. Okay. Uh, there is a goblin big boss name dropped in the Orc and Goblins army book, I think maybe only eight, by the name of Snorko the Sneak. You slew a high elf dragon uh, oh. with what weapon? I should know this being an orc goblin player. I have no idea. <laughs> what weapon? Is it one of the weapons in 8th edition book or is it just, is that a hint? Uh, no. Oh, Would it nope. be an unconventional weapon? Would that be appropriate? Absolutely. Oh. Spear, spear. Uh, Slew a dragon. Any, any with last a dragon yep. with a claw. Now I have no idea. I'm no going idea. spear. That's my guess. He had that classic a pointy metal goblin hat. And when the oh. dragon inhaled to breathe fire, <laughs> he got sucked in, uh. lodged in the dragon's throat, uh, and was only found after the dragon like was being cut up for the, the celebratory feast afterwards. Oh, so he sort of um, shaked on his head. helmet. <laughs> So not one of the not one of the spears from the fourth edition uh, box. Those little the sharp no, ones. No, no. Actually, a helmet. Fair enough. Okay. And then the the cherry on top. Uh, he did not survive the celebratory beating afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I really do need to read more law. But anyway, you do. The thing is, you have read this stuff, but then it's been so long. So yeah. um, there are yeah. some nuggets in there, but it's a lot yeah. of yeah. dates. It's not always the greatest uh, writing either, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. You could argue that they're right there, the human um, uh, question was a lot more interesting than the AI yeah, generated question. Just yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. AI is not there yet, people. Not, not there yet <clears> for, <throat> as far as it comes for Warhammer. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, let's get on to the uh, – Let's. well, we've got Patty here. Uh, let's – Let's get on to uh, CanCon. Um, I sort of was talking about it just before Andrew got on, just obviously what it was. You know, we've got a tournament coming up in January. Um, do you guys want to just give a bit of a background on how the hell you sort of came to TO this and sort of where it's up to in terms of registration and all that sort of stuff? I, th I think Gomo had something to do with it, didn't he? Uh, no, it wasn't me. It was, <laughs> it was Ben and... There's a little Benjamin. suggestion, little oh, joke was... that was made. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that pushed me into it. I'm not sure that's why yeah, Paddy yeah. got involved. Not Paddy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, Josh, yeah. I, I just heard for like the month or whatever beforehand, like that they were looking for someone to run it, and I had such a great time at CanCon last year that I was like, ah, I really want to play, but I also really want to make mm. sure it actually happens. happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I felt too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, but you've, you've got, got good responses. To, you've oh, done other toing, and you wanted to do. Like, yeah. I felt like that was an interest that you wanted to run anyway. That you seemed to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like organizing stuff and making silly scenarios, and having people listen to to my every back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. And printing yep. stuff out, designing and printing custom model things. Oh, for yeah, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The plan wow. is at the mm. moment to 
at a minimum double the number of um, uh, treasure supply card models um, <laughs> on offer. And hopefully every every winner of that scenario will be able to take one of them home. Oh, cool. Uh, is that what we're going to do? Yeah. No, okay, like we'll that. get on that with the scenario. <laughs> that sounds cool. Let's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, um, yeah, so where's CanCon up to in terms of um, I heard a sneaky thing that it went above its normal 40-person limit. Yeah, yeah. We went, I think we came closer. We hit it. When was that? A few weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's an odd um thing of keeping track of it. The guy who's uh who does it is on holidays at the moment. But last we checked, we are sitting at a very solid forty eight players. Only need mm. a couple Ooh. more to break um fifty of last year. Yeah, yeah, not mm. far. And considering it's only what end of end of October. Yeah, yeah, yeah got months um, yet. Mm. I think yeah, we, it's a pretty good trend actually. Yeah. Have you guys got a cap yourselves? What you don't want to go over what 60 or is there a number? Well, 60 is the cap at the moment, but that's been imposed by um space availabilities. It might get pushed yeah. up even yeah. further. Um I think with with Would we want to go? I think with the two of us running it with a minion. I I I I think we could manage like how it's going to get over a hundred, even like wildest estimation. But I think we could yeah. manage yeah, it right. as long as it didn't go like up to like that. Uh, we could do eighty. Mm-hmm. We could do whatever. Do you, could you do? Um, I mean, this is probably. I swear, people did this in eighth, where when it was really big. Like I remember some castle salts. There was certain like you knew other people to go to as well for rules queries, so you didn't always have to harass the TO. Like, is that something yeah. that you guys have done or seen before where you're just sort of, you know, there's a few people that are flagged, everyone knows who they are, they've got a balloon hanging off them, I don't know, um, just in case, you know, someone needs a help. I mean, is that I something mean, that you'd need to do? Could possibly, like, say, hey, if you really know the rules, here's a red hat you can wear or something or, mm. or staple a little flag to their back. Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get many rules queries. Nah. Like six edition rule set, that's pretty clear and cut, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's not, there's not much, there's not much ambiguity going on there. Yeah. Sure. Especially in the flea rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess the limitation. I mean, yeah, we might, we could potentially run something that's close to eighty, but the terrain might might catch us a bit short of that. I think. I think we're Pretty comfortable with the amount of train we have yes. to do thirty tables. I think eighty is a pretty might, pretty long shot as get, well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. We, I, I can see us feasibly going to maybe mid sixties. Yeah. I think if we did hit sixty, and maybe we could push it up to maybe sixty four or something. But it'll be what um, uh, one of those things. I where don't you, think we could be able to go yeah. much further. You could almost like push it, like we were saying, like push it to 64, 66, because you know you're going to have drops anyway. It'll come back down to 60. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. That's true so, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, Josh, do you want to um, lead into, well, well, I guess you're TO, but I mean, how do, we, do you want to run through the pack and sort of what, what you yeah, guys okay. are expecting? Well, I'm happy for you to sort of, for me to be the interviewee as such. Okay. If okay. you like. Well, should I, well, okay. well, I can start with a little bit, probably for Patty actually is obviously you ran yeah. Moab. And so you guys have both put this pack together, 
but I'm feeling like there is some inspirational experience coming from what you just ran at Moab, which was a Sydney sixth edition tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? There's definitely some some like bones of Moab that have gone into this player's pack. Um, yeah. yeah, certain big paragraphs of text yeah well. <laughs> i mean uh there's the the joke that no one reads the players pack that no one definitely no one reads the big blocks of text at the beginning of players pack they look for the the points number and yeah. then they go to scenarios yeah. it's basically just don't yeah, be a yeah. dick so was there anything in those big uh bits of text though that you would want to sort of let people know or if other people are trying to run a tournament is there anything in sort of nuggets of wisdom you put in here apart from the yeah rules disputes and sportsmanship i don't be a dick i think Uh, think uh, it's basically just like laying the fundamentals especially there's some stuff like um there's like that widely accepted house rule for terrain where hills are infinitely high and there's that two-inch forest thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily core in the book rule, but so we've got to cover our bases by sticking it in here so yeah. that if someone is super yeah. unfamiliar, they yeah. can just it makes it... see it from here. Yeah, it makes it pretty clear. And then the other part that we talk about in the long box of text um is just like army list construction and and the type of army list that we're yeah. hoping to see i suppose mm-hmm. yeah um that we don't want anything so like super powerful going on you know yeah certain levels of magic or or gun lines that type of thing that are gonna affect the enjoyment of the game for your opponent um uh, are really the type of things that we're hoping mm. not to see too much of um, but you're letting everything in now apart from <clears throat> um Apart from obviously just the, the composition, um, you're pretty much let letting everything in, isn't it? In terms of the topic, pretty much, yeah, mostly, yeah, and all that. Um, <clears throat> special characters, everything. It's yep. all it's all okay as long as as, in the, as long as it makes in the context of the list that the special characters in. It's something that still isn't going to. You can definitely build a fun um, list with uh, a yeah, special want, character and a, a broken list with the same special character. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's a yeah. celebration of all things six. Hmm. Before, before, before the old the old world hits. Yeah. <laughs> where where sixth edition players yeah. would be hunted for sport. <laughs> <laughs> now, cool. So, uh, yeah, five games, 2,000 2, points. Like I said, everything in there. They've, so the really only terrain thing is... The the infinite high hills, um, and what's the building? Just they're just impassable. But that's that's it, really, isn't it? You haven't changed anything else. No. I mean, there is one big difference from uh, your normal tournaments. It was at Moab. It was at a couple of the last um, Sydney-based tournaments. The idea of um, battle points and scenario oh, yep. points. Yep. Yep. Combining oh, to yeah, give the yeah, final yeah, point total. Yeah. Yep. So, do you want to explain that? Yeah. What? What? Like, what I've seen and uh, your own experience can vary. But if the like scenario just gives you like five hundred points to your final score, 
it it just results in these huge swingy games. It's so easy to get twenty zero, mm, yeah, because five hundred points gives you like plus two, plus three points. And there are some lists that will naturally be weaker at certain scenarios and naturally be stronger at others. And basically, splitting it up means more interesting end-game scenarios can happen. You can be losing on points, losing on killing your opponent's guys, but have a list that can better play the scenario. I remember in, in one of the earlier events, um, I think this was uh, La Shyacon, I played a big Killy Ogre Force versus um, uh, Skaven list with like five of those little uh, rat swarm units. Um, yeah, the, the giant rat unit. And I could just plow through the army, but the scenario was get to the opponent's deployment zone with oh, as yeah. many more like units as possible and he steamrolled me on the mm. scenario mm. point <laughs> yeah and it ended up being a, a tie game yeah yeah and yeah the scenario points and the, the the scenario conditions change with each of the scenarios of course so there's different stuff to focus on in each game yeah yeah it does make it interesting because uh when myself and Gomo played that game, we got a a thirteen thirteen tie. Mm. Um, it definitely, yeah, it was sort of it, it was pretty cool with those little like it does swing the game quite a bit, and it does make it quite um, you know uh, interesting because you sort of you're not just trying to kill each other; you are trying to go for those little objectives. It just and yeah, can, it was definitely a bit of flair. You can sort of get. You both can get some of them as well. It's like it's not like there's only five up for grabs by the look of it. I mean, some of them are like that, you know, like you know, yeah. some like of you them get one point for killing their general. Obviously, their some general of them, can't yeah. kill yours. Oh, actually, what happens when a tomb king is in a challenge and kills, gets killed by the enemy general, but then his curse kills the the, the person? Does they both get? Yeah, it also means it's very very hard to get a 25-0 or to get mm. even 25 points on your own um yeah. with these yeah. big tournaments like it seems like a fair chunk of players get like a 20-0 on their first game and suddenly it's like, okay, these guys are in the running to, to do well, and everyone else is playing for fun now. Yeah. And it all evens it out a bit more. Like, you can mm. really spike a scenario well and go... Uh, the, the player who ended up winning Moab had, like, one game where they absolutely dominated, but the rest of them were, like, low team. Yeah, well, we talked to Karen the other day about that. He he didn't realize he was even in the running initially because yeah, he didn't have very big wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. That's cool. Um, Okay, yeah. Um, Actually, the other cool thing I'd like that you guys added is, and we we talked about this with Ben and Julian, was that the halfway hero award because you've got painting in here, you've got winning, you've got wooden spoon, but yeah, yeah, I like this idea that if you get right in the middle. 
you also get something. Well, I reckon that's pretty cool for people who are trying. Yeah. So I like, I like that. Um, yeah, cool. Did you want to just run through, was there anything else? Do you want to run through sort of like um, the scenario breakdowns like and, and how, especially how those, these, these five battle points, whatever you want to call them, um, are up for grabs? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, it's funny that, yeah, because the first scenario is actually the one you guys played. Um, uh yes did you go to the challenge one yes yeah 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 um which as a quick rundown is yeah regular pitch battle deployment 12 inches from each um end um the only main special rule is that you can't refuse challenges in this in this um (laughs) scenario um and then it's in order to get the bonus points you got to win the challenges and and slay the enemy general um uh any of the game you know, if you've won one or two challenges, you get a bonus point. If you won three or more challenges, you get two bonus points instead. Um, uh, and if you've won more challenges than your opponent has won, you also get an additional bonus point for that. Um, uh, and then in terms of the general, you get you get one bonus point for killing the general. And then if your enemy, if the general is slain by your general, um, uh, you score an additional bonus point for that too. Or was that during a challenge as well? Uh, yeah, or, or during, during a challenge. challenge. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And you don't get the 100 victory points for the general normally. So the whole that's general right. thing is just down to this. It's yeah, just, the, just yeah. the bonus point. Oh, I like that. That's yeah, right. it's good. Yeah. Apart from that, straight up battle line type sort of deployment. And yeah. Yeah, cool. nice, easy one. Yeah, yeah, good one to start. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much across all of these scenarios, we want to... We wanted to focus on on one thing, and we ended up with with uh, characters and by proxy uh, um, unit champions as well. We we want to incentivize mm. people having these things that can can have these challenges. So one side doesn't have like all these kitted out challenge characters ready to go, and the mm. other side just has no unit champions, nothing yeah. that can accept the challenge. Um, so you'll find that uh, unit champions and other characters are very useful for a lot of these scenarios. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I like it. Uh, well, Patty, do you want to run us through game two? Reclaim your lands. Yeah. So this might look pretty familiar if you are um, an eight player. Um, it is very similar to the Dawn attack, I believe, deployment. Yeah. Except so for the pretty much the flanks, which are like you... slightly further forward. Um, yeah, this is yeah. kind of different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Flanks get a that, little yeah, because in eighth, they, it was it was just split down. It was, it was the same distance forward. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. it was twelve yeah. twelve across yeah. the whole way. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in eighth, actually brought the flanks forward, inch. which yeah, cool. Which is interesting to see how it plays. We haven't played tested. You've got... <laughs> yeah. You've got some potential potential um, advantage. It, having like a strong unit in the flank mm. that can can get stuck in mm. yeah. earlier. Um, another key difference is that you alternate deploying a unit rather than one side deploying their entire army and the other side then deploying their entire army, which is right. thing was eight. It? Yeah. Was it? And I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. So you just... And then, uh, well, yeah. Then at the end, it's table quarters, which um, I, I like doing table quarter capture ones where you've got these funky deployment zones. 
it means you're you're starting mm. off in odd yeah. position mm. compared to a normal battle line. And yeah. sorry, just can I just jump back? So characters deployed last can be placed in any legal unit or anywhere in your deployment zone. So you don't roll for your characters. Yeah. No, I, and that's to stop like, mm. oh, my wizard it has been banished to the the right flank. And will not be joining us. That's what happened in eighth, wasn't battle. it? Like you did roll characters, yeah. So this is yes. like, for like Tomb King. No. Oh, oh, I actually didn't realize that. The, the worst there. one yeah. was it's Vampire yeah, Counts, yeah. where your <laughs> March bubble could just be uh, completely random. Yeah. Uh, so no, uh, you might not like what <laughs> unit yeah. your character ends up having yeah. to deploy in to be in a good position, but yeah. you've got some choice. You can deploy him in the the good unit in a bad position, or the bad unit yeah. in a good position, or have him on foot and he can run around and do what he wants. Or pick what unit he mm. joins after that. Okay, that's cool. I like that. Balances a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all ranges for spells and auras mm. and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, how does the character? I'm just, sorry, I'm just reading as I go. The it's the character and unit champion closest to the center of the quarter. So it's it's not really the unit, is that right? It's the No, well the unit is well it's a it's the tiebreaker. So if you if you ah, both have right. a unit okay. in the quarter, then it's whoever's then it's the whoever, whoever champion or, or character is closest, closest to the center. To the center. Of the, okay. Of the quarter. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Break their will, Josh. Game three. So this is the, you're exhausted after two games. Is this one complicated? <laughs> <laughs> Not that complicated. It's uh, for those of you who have played a lot of eighth yeah. edition. This may seem yeah, pretty yeah. familiar That's right. to you. That's right. A few of these are. I think it's. I think it's maybe the second one and the third one that are derived a little bit from eighth. Um, uh, yeah. The third one, yeah, definitely. It's a, a bit of a blood and glory take. Um, where we've sort of gone, you know, we've taken the blood and glory, but we haven't like instituted the uh, the game ends if the if the enemy gets broken type thing. Yeah, it's yeah. more yeah. that breaking yeah. gives you a certain number of bonus points, you know, and more points if you do it earlier. Like, like we've we've given three points for doing it before turn three, so dur- during. Or before turn one. Oh, sorry, turn one or two. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn yeah. three. That's the yep. lot of numbers. <laughs> uh, whereas in be- between turn three or four, it's two bonus points and five or six is one. And you get an extra two points if your army has not been broken by the end of the game. Right. Um, uh, so, yeah, it certainly is you know, fairly aggressive play and um, uh, targeting the generals or the opponent's characters. Uh, but it's not like. The, the game's over and it's because sometimes that skews it a bit anyway like sometimes i remember in eighth you could be in a, a happen to be in a losing position in terms of victory points and then you would break your opponent's army somehow because they only had like four or five points one lucky round yeah and then and yeah. then suddenly you would actually it would actually be you know you'd be in this weird section thing where it's like uh a one but I lost on victory points. <laughs> like, how, yeah, how, does, yeah. how does this work? Yeah. Um, the other, the other um, little rule we've added, though, with this one is that after you've finished deployment, each player can select an enemy character or unit champion to be the key target as such. Um, and they're actually worth double in terms of fortitude um, loss. 
Yeah, um, well, because yeah, because the other point is the general and the BSB both count as two carriers. So you're incentivizing b- bringing the BSB, which is I feel is a sometimes not always pr- taken as a sixth edition thing. Um, yeah. So you're incentivizing bringing both those guys because that counts as two, but they're actually counting as four for this scenario. If, if they're selected, if as they're selected target. as that yeah. target, you wanna yeah. you wanna keep them protected or just mm. kid them out, uh, able to to take a fight like a Bretonian paladin, BSB or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or in the case of certain characters that are both generals and BSBs, yeah, they may be worth eight points. <laughs> yes, which we worked out just the other day with I think it was a was it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Grom, well, yes. actually, Grom and Niblet count as different characters. Oh, funny. Okay. Um, yeah. So you'll only Niblet. get six points if you select them <laughs> as the key target, in the, which is still uh, game-losing, but... Yeah. Uh, Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Cool. Well, I mean, if you lose Grom, if, if you've got a list that's based around Grom and you lose him. You're, you're having a hard time. <laughs> yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> you're in, you're in yeah, trouble yeah. already. <laughs> but uh, um, you got to respect the, the the Grom pick. Yeah. It's it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, guess, I, I don't... Oh, I, sorry? I guess it also, um, you got the, the... I was just thinking about other characters that might have a BSB effect. Like Slan, I think, can also... Yeah, that'd Both, be one. Is that right? Um, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, high elves are the same. You can end up with your... Oh, true. Yeah, that intrigue of court rule. Yeah. Yeah, okay. oh, 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 it is right. the worst rule. Yeah, because you roll <laughs> I, off your general. You don't even know who your general is. I love so. seeing high elf players complain about that rule. Yeah, I, yeah. I grew up fighting high elves in 8th edition. I've got no... No mercy for these damn high elf players. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I like how to... good would it be if they <laughs> if they brought it back for the old world? Oh, <laughs> I I actually genuinely really like the idea of fluffy kind of bad uh, army rules like animosity, animosity, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Skaven running faster and dwarves running slower. And yep. and those kinds of things where it doesn't make a huge amount of difference, but it just gives the army that mm. kind of flavor. As yeah. long as it's yeah. not super annoying, um, I'm I'm all for that actually. Yeah, no. Otherwise, you end up with ninth age. So you know. Oh, well, that was a bit of a dig. <laughs> Sorry. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool game four. Ah, oh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, um, oh, sorry. Just before we move on, because yeah, I I don't know how much like eighth edition uh, you all have played, but it is it is a terrible thing when you have a breaking point and you just get like a really unlucky first turn. Uh, your lord unit, your big death star flees off the. Mm the board and and the yeah, game is yeah. just like over in 20 minutes especially at like a tournament and th- and that's just something we want to yeah, completely yeah, yeah. but avoid in a way that still rewards you know having a good number of board and shoot points in the army and construction yeah. army around that for sure mm. well, it's gonna be tough okay cool 
It's definitely changing my. I've got. I had a list for Tomb Kings that I was just going to yeah. go. I'll just take that. But now these scenarios, you go. Oh, I'm going to have to change. Yeah. Something. <laughs> but anyway. that's, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You've got to think. You're going to make it. me paint, aren't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> so Gabe for steal their supplies. I'm not sure who was who wants to run through. That was that you, Patty? Yeah, yeah. Patty. Patty. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll take this. So. I this 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 scenario is my my child that I've <laughs> grown. Um, this is similar to Moab, isn't it? So this one pretty much. Yes, uh, it is essentially lifted verbatim from the pages of Moab. Uh, I think it was a very fun scenario there, and as we mentioned before, it meant a lot of people got to leave with a little model that they can use as a. Um, unit filler? A unit space. Uh, that's right. not the yeah. right word. Um, that's the one. Unit filler or just a little. <laughs> or continue on with the sweet um, scenario that you've mm. created. And just play it, yeah. And play that scenario, yeah. yeah. Spread or the or, love. Or play third edition. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, yeah. Baggage yeah. trains, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't do that. <laughs> So pretty much, there's a. It's the most text-heavy scenario, but there are two objectives. One of them is a big, like cache of supplies. One of them is a cart loaded with supplies. First one doesn't move. The second one does. Uh, so the static objective is pretty much exactly what you'd expect from a scenario, object like capture the objective. The unit at the end of the game that is on it captures it, um, and it's tie broken by a uh, number of characters and unit strength. Mm. The cart is where it gets interesting. At the beginning of your opponent's turn, you get to move the cart to annoy them, get it out of their charge range, get it out of charge arc, move it away from them, <laughs> and then they get to do the same for you at the beginning of your turn. And pretty much you want to charge this card. Yeah. As you can see, this is some like random NPC driving the cart. Is that is that what, how you, what you're thinking it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> In Moab, it was like a treasure hunter. Like some random, I was thinking like Indiana Jones esque character who hasn't got an army behind him, but like he's he's like uh, beginning of Raiders running from that like army yeah. that's behind him chasing him. Um, right, so you charge it, and that means you've got so, it. Yeah. Yep, you charge it, and then you stick it behind the unit like a captured banner, and then. If you kill the unit that has the cart, it drops it, and anyone mm. can come and pick it up. Or if you break it, you steal it. And flies can't grab it, can they? It's oh, they can. Flies can grab oh, it, but then they're only yeah, using yeah. walking speed afterwards. And fast cavalry is not fast while it's yeah. dragging yeah. this big heavy supply cart. There's a lot of little yeah. rules like that. It blocks line of sight, which is interesting. You can use it to like hide one of your units. Yeah. 
I mean, the, the flying thing makes sort of sense to um, me if you think about like a unit of harpies trying to yeah. take off with this mm. cart. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, no, yeah. they can't fly. <laughs> they got to wheel it. It's too <laughs> they big. They're five inches or whatever they do. Um, and then it doesn't do the alternating move anymore after it's been cotched either. So if a unit drops it, it just sort of sits there. It's not moving anymore. Yeah. Oh, you, you, okay. He's dead. Indiana Jones oh. is, is okay, dead so or flat the first at this time point. It's captured, then it's, yeah, okay. It's just like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of little bits with it. If you, if you read any scenario, mm. read this yeah. one. Um, and then at the end, if you've got both objectives, you get a lot of points. If you've got one of the objectives, you get half the yeah. points. It's probably the one that takes the most reading, I guess. You're right. And it's probably, game four is probably a good time to do it when people yeah. have had a day of playing yeah. and they're sort of set. It's not the last day. It's not the last game of the whole thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's game four. They've worked you know? their army list out yeah. by now and they sort of yeah. can just concentrate yeah. on how to move this well, bloody yeah. wagon. What do I have to do? <laughs> What's well, first? First game of the day, game two. So yeah. you have a bit yeah. of time to get your head around it. Yeah. You know. And we've got time to set up the actual model yeah, before the yeah, game yeah. starts. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that, no, it's going to be exciting to try that one. And then we finish it off, game five. Yeah, game five. Um, uh, oh, yeah, a lot, a lot to talk about with game five. Battle line, pitch battle, and then it's pretty much all your extra 100 victory points are taken out and they're just awarded as uh, bonus points instead. Ah, right. um, okay. So nice and simple for the last game, really. That's all there is. Yeah. You do get a, just a little fluffy thing at the end. One of the victory, one of the objective points, because you know there's there's table quarters, g- killing general, um, having more banners captured, and uh, winning more challenges. Um, but the last one is if your opponent was a good sport. <laughs> Mark on your sheet and you get additional point. You've got that little benevolent like thing you can give to them. Yeah. You don't have to, but you may. You may bestow <laughs> it upon your opponent if you so choose. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine some people like really like keeping track of like the standings and like calculating in their head. Ah, my my one sportsmanship point here will decide who wins <laughs> yeah. the. Oh, imagine! Imagine if we came down somewhere like that, and like one of the top yeah. tables, and it's like I'm not going to give you the extra point. Well, if, if you're oh, playing against the Skaven, the Skaven player's got to not award it for sure. They've got to go, nah, I'm going to stab you in the back. Yeah, unless we had like some kind of secret sub rule where we're like, this is actually a trap, and if you don't give that point, you yeah. lose a point. Minus <laughs> ten battle. Yeah. The, minus the 10 hidden battle. rule. <laughs> Ooh, we never know. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. Ah, cool. And, um, okay. Yeah. yeah, and then that'll be the event. I think we we hand out some prizes as we said before for various prizes and um. Yeah. Hopefully, people will help uh, we, us pack up a bit, and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always the thing, right? You hand out the prizes after you've gotten everyone to help you pack up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be good. Yeah, oh, that's um. And, uh, yeah, I just like the different. Yeah, it, you know, the fact that it's forcing you to obviously all the all the uh, 
scenarios try to do that, like tournaments try to make your list a bit varying, but it's, I don't know, this one's just a bit different to what I've seen for like Castle Assault and stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, we put a fair bit of yeah, thought well, into it. We're hoping that, yeah, it would um, provoke some cho- interesting list choices. Mm. Yeah. Nah, I reckon it's great. And like Thanks none guys. of the scenarios are too out there. Man. Like nah. it's it's all normal stuff. Do challenges. Yeah. Capture mm. table quarters, whatever. Yeah. Um Moab was a bit went a bit harder on those kind of um special rules. Yeah. Like uh the the challenge one we had was um Everyone got killing blow in a challenge, essentially, even mm. though it didn't end up doing any. Um, yeah. but we kind of toned down on that, and we're definitely going to tone down on some of the lists. There were some stinkers of lists there? at Moab. <laughs> uh, wow, made, oh, mainly because it was just me judging them, and I am a terrible judge in that <laughs> Look, I'm not sure I'm much better, really. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure between the two of us, we, we'll come we'll come to the right decision. Yeah, yeah. We've got the council <laughs> gathered. We will vote yeah. on the list. Oh, well, it won't be my list, so. Oh, yeah. cool. at, at the moment, the main, we have had one list, which was as we referred to earlier, the grab the grab the porch, oh, yeah, and a list centered around him, which was great. Really love it. I hope more 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 lists like that coming in, please. Yeah, yeah, that should be good. Are you, um, Josh? Is it worth just mentioning? Um, well, on the set or third day, you're just doing a quick doubles tournament. I think you saw that, said that last week, but I'm not sure now. Can't remember. Yeah, I talked about it last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's just just two games, thousand points per player, so you know, two thousand points per side. Um, uh, and I have done a plays pack for it it finally i had i made it a facebook event and tried to link it but it took ages for for it to be put up onto the um actual tournament website but now it yeah. is so now there's a link there so people can see the pack oh i don't <laughs> which know which helps look at that oh, cool. helps so much miss that. okay cool. <sighs> yeah um uh so yeah i've i've have i do have two little scenarios there that i've sort of put together one of them was like one of the early drafts that we were looking at for um, the main KCON, which was where we've got a little yeah. like a, a chariot sort of derived a little bit from Midas the Mean sort of stats from the um, uh, Dogs of War character. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's basically like a, a little chariot that each side has. And the goal is essentially to break through. You've got to push that chariot across the other side. Right. Um, uh, now, Part of the reason why we didn't do it for the big one was because it should, it'd just be too many, too many chariots mm, <laughs> to mm. per table per player. Um, yeah, yeah. But if, I, if we've only got like four or five tables, then yeah, it's it's feasible to do. Um, so a little a little princess carriage. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad trivia question. What what did Midas the Means chariot do? There's a lot of little fiddly things that I doubt. <laughs> Anyone really? Such a minor. Yeah. Such a minor character. Hilarious. 
Yeah, he did like D3, three, four um, impact hits. He let things re-roll um, psychology tests if they're within like six inches, guys. It's like his head's Yeah, yeah it, I mean, the, that pay test is a honest-to-God 8th edition BSB. Yeah. Six, Crazy. In, six inches, but yeah, it's a full-on 8th edition. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, <true>. it is. <laughs> That's um, pretty good, eh? Yeah. Uh, now... In that one, I've actually, for both of the scenarios, I've, I've sort of, sort of had separate deployment zones. With the with the breakthrough one, each player is on each half or in a quarter, I guess. Um, uh, with the opponent players on the other board edge or board side, and both of them in their own quarter. That should be a really interesting game. Yeah, I think that that really what makes me want to commit to the full <laughs> three day. Uh, Whatever. So fun. Especially for you and me, Patty, because it'll be like we yeah, haven't played you, any, you guys, any games yeah, at all. That would be fun. We'll yeah, like, yeah. We'll be yeah, raring yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the second one, I am so keen to see how it plays because the second one is set up so it's like uh, it, you've got your teammate, but it's at the opposite, diagonally opposite uh, corner. Oh. So you've got you know four players in four corners, but your teammates are at the far side of the board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you've, and we've got five objectives in the middle, and the the bonus oh, points God. are about claiming one at least, you know one of the each, each objective point is is one point essentially to max of five. That's but chaotic. It'd just be like chaos because this is going to be like <laughs> which direction do you go? Do you coordinate? Do you each go to, heading towards one t- player and trying oh. to get in before the other player can get? You're to a bad you man, or... Josh. You're a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's what you'd be thinking, right? But, it, but that comes with a huge amount of risk because then you'd probably miss out on the objectives and, oh, yeah. yeah. And then the other guys will probably try to do the same thing. I don't know. It'd just be, yeah, it'd be chaos. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen much um, uh, or played any uh, Triumph and Treachery? I played two games of it, no. I think. Yeah. I've never played it. Taz. I would, yep. <clears throat> yeah, I'd that's really that eighth edition yeah. multiplayer. I think it's going to end up something like that, where there's basically four battle lines at like the cardinal like line. Oh yeah, yeah, like so a like diamond shape pers- almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a big juicy objective in the middle, so that's going to be interesting. You do actually have to get to the middle of the map. Yeah. You wouldn't want to wars for that, would you? Where you just like takes the whole game because then if you got a dwarf player as your teammate basically you know you're just going to get crushed by the two other armies because <laughs> the dwarves aren't going to be doing anything <laughs> well you could you could just sit back and try and i guess you could uh gun line you bring a real gun line thousand point Dwarf as much that's, as you can. That's the yeah. tactic. And just shoot Have both of you other, play dwarfs, or just the other guys yeah. could run around and try to get at your other teammate, and you try and just wipe the other the other people off shooting because they're not going after you because they're trying to get the objectives. Yeah, I mean, if you Who have knows? six six turns of uninterrupted gun line shooting, um, <laughs> that's you know you're going to put out some some degree of damage. You haven't seen my gun line shooting. My gun line <laughs> shooting doesn't yeah. do anything. And that's the thing when you say gun line, you only got a thousand <laughs> points. It's probably not that effective either. But no, um, true, true, yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, anyway, anyway, um, it'll be, it'll be yeah, fun to see. I'm pretty, I'm pretty close to saying I will do it, but let's. Uh, I should actually go look at that Facebook event. Uh, I mean, a thousand points is interesting as well because that's mm. one rare choice, no lord. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've set it up like in the pack, it says, or a couple of things in the pack. One of them is that, yeah, the army has to be a valid thousand point army. Yeah. Um, because uh, I felt like people would be like, oh, if my teammate doesn't have a Lord, can I have a Lord? That type of thing. But I feel mm. like it was simpler just to have everyone self contained thousand point army because if, if partners need to be like, I don't know, there'll be people entering that don't have a partner. Yeah. And if people can just slot in yeah. with each other, yeah. um, it'll make it easier. Um, uh, I'm sure people could uh, find the answer to this in, in the players' pack, but how is magic being split up? Does each player get their own go at it or are the dice pulled into one? Good question, Patty. So, um, yeah, it's a pool. It's a pool. So it's two power, two dispel in total. So like, like you know. Standard 2,000 points. For standard 2,000 points. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess the the thing I had to think about a little bit was how things like Toon Kings and Dwarves mm. work. Yeah. Yeah, because you know they're non-standard for the yeah. um, army list, and also random things like do how does the the free wood for wood elves work and that type of thing. Um, uh, but yeah, with the dwarves, I felt like I I felt like essentially because each army is generating one power and one dispel dice. I felt like it made sense that dwarves contribute one power and two dispel dice. Um, uh, you know open to feedback in that regard. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, and then Tomb Kings get their incantations, but they don't actually generate that their power dice. Mm. So they still they, get their, they, they still, get dispel. They still do get the the two free power dice for coming. Yeah. Uh, well that's the thing though, because if I felt like that if they if they generate that then their you know their partner benefits from that. It. But yeah. It's almost like they then can the also do all their incantations, gift. and you get the, the mm. yeah, you know? yeah so it yeah, almost gets a bit too too much, I think. You know, yeah, because yeah. um, that's a high level Tomb King strat. You've got to remember, you've got those two power dice for dispelling remains in place stuff. I actually didn't realize they did get that, but that makes sense. <laughs> now that you say it, <laughs> and if you take like a Truth Sayer or whatever, they can still have a full magic phase with their three and the two oh. uh, starting ones. Yeah, right. Right. True sayer. Um, I was trying to think of other random army special rules. The only other one I can think of would be the blessing. Like the Bretonians mm. praying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is it only you? Your, or do you go luck? Yeah, because you want to go pray and go second. Does your other yeah. people have to go second? I felt like the entire alliance would be forced to wait <laughs> yeah, for yeah. those yeah, yeah, ridiculous yeah. nights to pray. Perhaps unwillingly. <laughs> it's like watching the, the Maori, the, the haka, when you're playing a game. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm going to stand <laughs> here and watch these guys Come do on, stuff. hurry up. <laughs> One half yeah. of the alliance has their yeah. turn, then the full yeah. enemy, and then, then the Bretonian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. cool. Oh, that should be good. Um. Yeah, but is there anything else to say about that upcoming tournament there, or is that pretty covered? It and um. Well, just let's get everyone signed up. Yeah. Um. Sign ups are open. Um. Uh, you should be able to find all these players packs. I I assume they will be linked underneath. Oh, be, uh, this yeah, podcast. Show notes. Yep. Um, well. Yep. But yeah, if you don't know CanCon, it is a great event. There is a hell of a lot to do there beyond just play Warhammer, there's tons of stalls, there's role-playing game uh, games you can jump into 
there's a ton of great stuff happening. It is on the 26th to the 28th of January next year, down, as the name suggests, in Canberra at the uh, Exhibition Park. It should be a great time. If you haven't been and you're able to, you should definitely go. It is top notch. It's incredible. Such a massive convention. People mm. everywhere, games yeah, well, they everywhere. They, they expect about 10,000, so cool. is it? Like participants coming through. Like, Yeah, and there's yeah. lots of different stuff going on. You know, it's yeah. not like any other wargaming convention that you'd ever no. go to. You know, there's all these board games, there's cosplay, there's yeah. a huge um, trade, you know, like uh, buying secondhand stuff. Buy stuff. Thing. Yeah, buy yeah. Swap all that type of thing. It's yeah. probably one of the there's a big painting major attractions for some people. Oh, there oh, is. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I think oh, yeah, it's called Crimson Brush. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Or Crystal Brush. Crimson Brush, is it? I think so. But one Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Are you going in cosplay, Josh? Are you going to dress up? <laughs> that should be a, a rule for TOs. <laughs> Why is it that reckon, when people suggest something on this podcast, should be I end up doing up. it? <laughs> Yeah. Oh. He didn't say no. <laughs> there we go. I'll dress up yeah, if you dress up. If you guys can donate and pay for a costume yeah. for Josh, we'll get him. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. He could be. He could dress up as a uh, lady of the lake or a, a Bretonian. Oh, okay. um, yeah. You know, damsel. Damsel, surely. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> I mean, a full Bretonian <laughs> costume with all the colours and, especially yeah. if you've got like a half decent set of armour tucked in with it. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't really I have that out the back, though. <laughs> the set of armor. I'm sure uh, I could sort something. Yeah, thank you, guys. Cool. Anyway, I'll, um, yeah, we'll let Patty get back to a night. And, um, yeah, thanks yeah. so much for jumping on again. It's really uh, good to have you back Thank on, you for though. having me. It's, it's always yeah. a great time to just chat about Warhammer. I've got to run some more tournaments so I can get on again. <laughs> Ah, yeah, oh, I'm, no, sure, we'll, I'm sure uh, we'll have a recap and there'll be some other stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, well, we're doing um, – I, I don't know where this gets spliced into the episode, but we're, we're looking at doing some um, sort of faction-focused type sort of before the old world gets here to go through every faction, what they might be doing. So maybe we can oh, yeah. on one of those. Um, you know, either the tomb – I mean, ogres aren't in there, but you're a tomb king and what's – I mean, you probably – it sounds like you I know more, more than I've any of us. So we could probably I think she probably does. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably pull you on any of them and you yeah. probably know more than us. So that's awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, if, if no one else has got anything to ask Patty, yeah. I'll, I'll let her get going. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you on yeah, the next one. And if see not, we'll see you in Canberra. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, well, it's always good to have Patty on, um, even though I feel like we've been talking to her and obviously with you, Josh. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's not, it's not like we yeah. haven't been talking to her. So. In numerous conversations by text and yet yeah. very last yeah. time I spoke to her, based, like was probably on verbally, the podcast. I think it was on the yeah. podcast a yeah. few months ago. Yeah. Nah, it's um, good. I'm, I'm pumped for Cancun. I reckon, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Yeah, no, well, I mean, I've never been, so I'm pretty, yeah, I'm I'm very yeah. very pumped, very stoked. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Well, have either great. of you guys been to Cancun? No, no, I go to um, CantCon, remember? Oh, that's right, you went yeah. to CantCon. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pop over? It wasn't anywhere. No, it was at Jolt, wasn't it? So, nah. so you didn't actually go over to CanCon to look at the other stuff? Or you just oh, played? it was just <clears throat> two bigger days. And yeah, yeah. I had to leave the next day. It's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah, enough. Fair. Time, yeah. timing. 
Yeah. Oh, well, no, cool. Well, anyway, hopefully people enjoyed that at least. Even even if obviously it's, you know, we're Australia-focused and that's Canberra and there's hope, we've got a lot of listeners who are not in Australia, but um, yeah, it's good to see there's different scenarios. and. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, like I said, like we said in there, it's probably just everyone's getting ready for the old world, you know, so I think everyone's getting excited. So it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what version we're playing right now. So No. Nah. Yeah. Cool. So we are going to do a faction focus thing in a minute, but before we get to that and what that is, um, had a little bit of follow on from last week, Josh, you wanted to have a, was this a from bit. thinking about what we talked about and then, yeah, did we miss some stuff or what? I'll let you uh, lead on this one. I had some, I was thinking a bit, but also just some general feedback from some friends, I guess. Um, oh, ooh, ooh, yes. oh are we in trouble? Me, I'm in trouble. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> mainly about oh, skirmishes, I guess, because it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I think I understand some of the feedback. So it was kind of like, because I, I was feeling like skir- with the skirmishes, yeah, the three with the line thing. of sight, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's just too much kind of thing. Yeah. But I think it's more because Pegasus Knight's better for, from that uh, so yeah. much yeah, yeah, that I felt like it was just like, so powerful. What? What? How can skirmishes do this? But I think it's more because it's flying skirmishes that go anywhere, and they're actually like quite and they're potent. decent. Yeah, <laughs> they're and they actually got, really decent, and they've got a good save and all um, that sort of they're stuff. Good save, yeah, they're yeah monstrous yeah. and that kind of thing. Because um, uh, yeah, I guess the thing in Eighth Edition with the skirmishes being they're essentially considered a, a a block in loose formation. Yeah, sort of just meant that they were just like a block, so they do lose a bit of identity. Mm-hmm. In that regard, you know, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what uh, was the minus one extra to hit them? And that was, was that to shoot. It? Yeah, I think but they could never have ranks. They even. couldn't have ranks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, um, yeah. I think in seventh, the rules were the same as six, but they could be march blocked. Um, okay. Yeah. Which I think I think does help a bit in that regard. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I must admit, looking back on eighth. They they do lose a little bit of uniqueness um, yeah. that when they when they just ninety degrees side to side just straight in the front, and it's also like well if they can only see 95, 90 degrees in the front, what about single models on a foot? Mm. You know, like do they still see around all the way around, or are they are they also like like a, a monster basically? <laughs> you know, the, yeah. is it is that a six six character? Wasn't there something where it's like you got a skirmisher unit, and then if your character's in there. They, it's 360, but then if they're all dead and the character's left now, he's doing a 90. Well, isn't there what? Was that, was was that, that in a, six? Maybe. I don't know if it was in six. Or, there was some weird thing I remember where it was like once the unit was dead, it was almost like the the guy was less visible, like less yeah. sort of agile. Oh, I can't remember which one it was. But. I don't know. I mean, I guess that <clears throat> that does that does pertain to like great eagles and that type of thing mm. that, that, you know, even though they're a flying mm. unit that you could argue should be a skirmisher unit, they're just yeah. considered a single unit of and a actually monster. Got, they're less they, maneuverable than this. And they other don't unit. have yeah, 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 this yeah. other unit can actually see all around them, whereas the single great eagle can't. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. yeah, it's a it's a bizarre um weakness in the rules. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh what else? What else was you said something about terrain, so I wasn't oh, sure what that one was. Yeah, I forgot actually. Um uh I think that was to do with what was that to do with? Um, more to do with uh, actually shooting in ranks because it does help to have a heal. 
Oh, you mean the sixth edition shooting in ranks and you were yeah. saying that everyone should be able to do it. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I guess the one, the one value of not being able to shoot in ranks is that you sort of, you want to be able to use the hills to do that, I guess. Mm. I'm not sure if I'm on board with that necessarily, but it does add an extra level of sort of. It's, com- it's complexity because you're complexity. trying to, you're trying to like, then fit your war machines and your and your visibility in these units of archers on them, um, yeah. which is probably what they're saying that that's a good choice to have to yeah, make. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like but, that's like um, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. whereas whereas if you could just shoot into ranks for everything, it sort of makes it just easier thing to do, I guess. You know. Yeah, um, I reckon it just changes up your terrain. Like, I think you find six boards that tend to have quite a few hills. I don't know. This is the way I look at them. Like, it, mm. yeah, it's, it's almost like you need a hill in your, you know, deployment zone. Because deployment I, mean, yeah, I always do that. That's from old school. Like, which is weird. But yeah, so, I just yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just you don't see too many random hills in the middle of the battlefield. Like they always tend to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll be nice, and we'll put one in your deployment zone and one in my deployment zone, or something yeah. like that. Like it's. Oh, I don't know. I, I prefer the like, you know, that two rank shooting as well. Like a yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. It is very constrictive. Um, yeah, yeah. And it does allow you then to like set up and do some different stuff. Whereas if sometimes you feel a bit like, yeah, I have to put my war machine there, and I've got to put my archers up there, or whatever. So there's no choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Like, so. yeah. And maybe say, Andrew, maybe maybe that's what leads into people yeah you know, when you when you're sitting up a table for six editions you tend to you may do, probably do tend to put mm. down more hills because they are so Useful. important <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, cool okay yeah we had a lot of good feedback on that episodes which has been really good so i think people just like having that and i saw there was a thread on reddit today on the warhammer channel which was to do with you know what would what do they want what does people want to see in eighth um, that they want to keep or something, and I went, oh, well, we actually talked a little bit about this in sixth edition, so I yeah. plugged us a bit. But yeah, I think people oh, did starting you? to, yeah, <laughs> I think people obviously starting right. to, you know, really get, especially because this rule thing came up today. With um, hopefully this week we see the rules, uh, or some of the rules. Um, I think a bit more people are sort of going, oh, you know, I hope this is there and that's there, and this probably leads on to another comment that I think you'd put in, Josh, which was to do with um, what. What was it, I guess? I'll let you talk about it. Um, yeah, this is more just a thought bubble. You know, it's more intending mm. to ask you guys, really, is that because we've been playing a lot of Cease Edition this year. Um, uh, going into the old world, there'll you know, there'll be all the old units that we haven't seen. You know, it's weird talking about this timeline-wise, mm. but, you know, these units have disappeared, yeah. um, essentially, because mm-hmm. we went from 8th or 9th in, back into 6th. Um, uh, but they'll all sort of pop up, pop up again, assumably. Mm. I'm sure they will. They sort um, of made that comment something. What was it that all models in eighth will be playable? Something did they say something uh, did they? like that? Yeah, they yeah. said something like that. It yeah. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was just wondering what you got, which which units you would either be um, anticipating using again, or dreading seeing back on the table. Well, I wrote some of mine, but they're all the same almost. But um, but what are you? What are you? What about you, Andrew? Um, I like. I, I haven't seen it being effective, but I like the um the sky cutter. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Oh, such a good model. Heaps of people have yeah. been wanting that model. Even, yeah. Um, so yeah. I've been hearing a lot of comments about that. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think it wasn't like that useful. Yeah. Um, and then obviously a lot of people didn't buy. You, you know, there's just those models that people just don't buy. And then like, yeah. later on yeah. they sort of become a bit of a, a collector's sort of item almost. Yeah. It's a shame they didn't. Is it, when you say it's not useful, is it because they, the people didn't buy it because the rules in the game were not, Oh, they just, you know, they, conducive sh- to it. they just got shot off. Yeah, they just got they? shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a flying chariot that everyone can see, and it's not, you know, it's not awesome in combat. It, it shoots a bit, you know, it's not, yeah. It yeah, wasn't so... like an auto include. It was just like a fluffy little side piece that you could bring along yeah. if you wanted, but a lot of people just didn't didn't bring it. Yeah. Mm. They, need, they, they needed to add more power creep. To, to entice people to buy the model. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So when you bring it back, just remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. I mean, my ones were mainly. I mean, I put probably two specific ones, but I mean, I, I think at, at the end of the day, I just I like some of that monstrous cab. I think I said that ages ago. Like I just, you know, but it was. It's like this double-edged sword because of how do you balance the whole thing? But I did like. Yeah, I like bringing demigriffs and. Yeah, you know, mm. the, obviously the Tomb Kings have two different types of ones. Um, even when I sat up my demons there, I was like, oh, which list could I put together for you know sixth edition? I was like, oh, well, there's no blood crushers in in this edition. Um, uh, I don't think there was anyway. Um, no, I don't think there's no because they're monstrous cav. I don't think they're. I, I don't think that there's a or there was a there's a hero on a blood, whatever it's called, the blood crusher, like the big thing, yep. juggernaut. You can do jug on juggernauts, but I don't know if there was actual blood crushes, at least for what mm. I could see. Um, unless I was looking at the wrong thing. But yeah, I just I just so I think I'm I'm excited to see some of that, but then I sort of do appreciate six instead of infantry and cav, and I'd hate cav just to get a massive nerf because <laughs> the monstrous cav's better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean that's that's the I think that's a hard thing to have to balance, isn't it? Is that there is a lot uh, more of a diversity of especially monstrous stuff going going around, yeah. Um, and it's it's hard for the some of the more mundane units to be to not be left behind in power. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's things like the Arachnorock. You know, they're either really good or really bad depending on comp and stuff. You know, so it's, it's yeah, they're cool figures, and I want to use them. But um, you know, mm. again, just I think the orcs needed a bit, and if you do the monstrous cab thing, they don't have anything like that. That's that probably goes with trolls too. Like trolls were cool things; they're so orc and gobliny. But I don't really think you saw a lot of trolls because they're just, nah. you know, they're either stupid or just yeah. too easy to kill. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. The, the Arachnid Rock is a cool model. It'd be nice yeah. to see that back. Here, I would, yeah, I would say. Yeah, agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Josh? Did you have others that you? Funnily enough, playing Bretonians meant mm, that we didn't have any. There wasn't much new stuff yeah. <laughs> coming through. Um, in terms of like wood elves and that type of thing, it'll be. I think I don't know. I did. I didn't mind playing with Sisters of the Thorn mm-hmm. back when I was playing Eighth. Yeah. Um, I think that, those are those are some cool models. Um, uh, the Wildwood Ride Wildwood Rangers are an interesting one as well, where. You know, I was I was listening to, I think it was a YouTube video where they were talking about the old world, and they were like, oh, I feel like that the Wild Rangers were a unit that 
got put in for Wood Elves because, you know, they needed a elite infantry block. Mm. Yeah. So they got the rules pretty much and they put the models for that. And I'm, I mean, I, I do understand that, but at the same time, I actually really quite like those models. And they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't mind seeing them back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you end up making. Because what, what were they dual kitted with? Was that Eternal Guard? No. Yeah, Eternal yeah. Guard and Wildwood um, yeah. Rangers was yeah, the dual okay. kit. Um, yeah. uh, I actually really like the 6th edition Eternal Guard mm. models with the spears. Like the I, the Eternal Guard dual part of that kit, I don't know, it looks a little bit more high elfy. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah. Compared to mean. most yep. of the other Wood Elf units. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think I'm partial to the Eternal Six Eternal Guard. Yeah, they're pretty good models. The um, the Metal Eternal Guard. Oh, I'll rate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they've really got that that um, that aesthetic that the rest of the army has. Yeah, no, they're really really nice. But I was thinking with the Empire with the buff wagons like that, you know, the Celestial Hurricane and all that. Now I was going to should have checked this, but. Definitely in game, if you go look at Cities of Sigma, those things are still there. Um, so you, they're in the AOS, so you can buy, you know, you can get the, yeah. you know, the Celestial Hurricaneum and the other one. Like, now, I can't remember if the War Altar is listed there, um, but the War Altar is definitely shown in one of those pictures of the old world, but the other two aren't. And the yeah. other two wouldn't be used. Well, they wouldn't be usable in their current form in the sense that there's no, you know, colleges of magic. So I'm just trying to think. I should go to look. I, is that is the war altar usable in AOS, or do, I wonder if there's a chance that those will split and some of them will just stay in AOS and some will, and the war altar will go back into old world, even though it's technically the same kit almost. You know, yeah. just comes with a different thing on top. But yeah, I don't know. Wonder if they might modify a bit of law somewhere, or you mm. know, some rogue wizards out there have created this. You know, before it's time. And the thing is, I liked about them. It's the gameplay, not so much what they actually did. But I like this, and this is where I hope the magic. I think I will like the magic if it goes this route a bit, where, yeah, you know, it's more positioning of something else, which buffs something just in that area, and then you can, you know, and that's why I liked mm. about those empire wagons, where you can move them around, and eventually, if you needed to, you charge in, and you've got a, you know, it's still a chariot at the end of the day. Um, yeah. So they're pretty useful, um, you know. So. You sort I of find, don't get some of that in six as much, you know, because it is just more, yeah, you know, what you got. So, well, I find JW Law, they just kind of do what they want sometimes. Like, it doesn't kind yeah. of make sense. It's just like, oh, now this has happened, and, you know, they just make up this little side story on why, mm. you know, that whatever's transpired, how it happened. And it kind of just, that was like end times. Like, half of that didn't even oh, make any yeah. sense. You're yeah. just like, what? I was thinking of trying to should I go back and uh, when I downloaded the high elf book off my iBooks thing because I bought all of them on like on Apple. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, should I? I saw the end times there. I'm like, oh, should I get that out and read it again? But oh, that was I remember it was so hard to get through some of it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot going on. Wasn't great, great fiction really. No. Cool. Oh, well, anyway, is there anything else on that, Josh? That because you sort of were just mentioning some of those things. Was there anything that I missed? No. No, yeah. not really. Just an interesting thing to think about. Hmm. 
Oh, cool. Hey, well, like I said at the top of the show, we're, we're, we're going to do some faction-focused stuff. So we thought today, just uh, to wrap up the podcast really, I guess, is to have a chat around high elves, I think, Andrew, because obviously you're into them a bit and what yep. they're up to in the old world. And then um, I don't know we'll randomise another one for the next couple of weeks and do another one. Yeah, so I figured with this, um, I'll just go quick little recap on where they've come from to a certain degree um and then pretty much where they're going to be ending up during that period just prior to where we think the old world's going to be launching from yeah um so yeah obviously as everybody knows the high elves or the asur uh asur <laughs> my american accent there um they're sort of like the one of the older races in the world um obviously you know uh sort of magic as everybody knows um at the start they weren't very um when they came about they weren't like a very warlike faction that sort of happened later on um so yeah it was the reign of uh anarian was sort of the first uh phoenix uh king so basically what's happened um the old ones um in the the old world i suppose um they had these gates these polar gates um as everybody knows that's sort of like where the realms of chaos are now um and they used to use those for interstellar travel or you know they went to other worlds and you know did what they did <laughs> <clears throat> um so anyway the these things collapsed these gates sort of um collapsed and um a tide of magical energy just went around the world. Um, basically, that's what brought chaos into the world. So chaos demons just flooded the world from there. Um, so basically, Anarian, who's just cruising around the world, he's sort of like, when this happened, he's like, oh, crap, he's gone back um, to sort of face it and, you know, be the saviour of his people. Um, so he's basically come back um to Uthwan uh during the great time of need um he's gone to the shrine of Siren. um he's basically you probably would have heard this they stepped through the sacred fire he's kind of like the first one that did it to become the phoenix king yeah um so it's sort of like pleaded to you know the gods this and that you know sacrificed himself for the greater good um and basically when he's gone into the fire trying to sacrifice himself he's come out as the first phoenix king um so from there um he's basically become the ruler started getting all the elves together he's teamed up with uh uh the calador dragon tamer was one of the great wizards and basically they've got all the elves together and started you know kicking the demons out of Ulthuan and you know wherever else they are um so basically they started going into this um 100 year war and uh the elves are starting to lose um you know people cuz there's obviously all this energy still keeps coming all the demons still keep coming What's the 100 year war with is that chaos? Yeah yeah it gets yeah, yeah, chaos yeah. so <clears throat> yeah that it was it was around 100 years or something um so they're going to war with chaos and obviously you know the elves they're immortal but they don't you know obviously have huge amounts of offspring and whatnot so they're slowly dwindling down um so that's where uh calador's just come up with the idea of 
uh, creating that, uh, you would have heard, the Great Vortex. Um, obviously, uh, to drain the magic from the world and obviously, you know, get rid of the chaos energies and whatnot. Um, so Kalidor's come up with that plan. Um, Inarian opposed that. Uh, they're sort of, you know, they're a bit to and fro. Inarian's uh, wife and his child or whatever gets killed by demons and he starts going a bit loopy, goes a bit rogue. Um, so he's sort of like sworn he's going to like kill, you know, all chaos and whatnot. Um, so basically he's gone and he's got, um, you know, the sword of Cain or he's gone to the altar of Cain or whatever and he's got, you know, they got the, the, the nasty sword kind of makes you a bit crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so he's grabbed that and he's um, basically out there, you know, slaying demons and whatnot. Um, so basically from there, um, he's gone uh, with his own faction to a certain extent. So the elves are kind of split up. They've gone to where the dark elves sort of came from. Um, so that Nagaroth, um, that's where he's hooked up with uh, Marathi, the um, soon-to-be... Um, well, Is that the mother of... The that's mother, the mother yeah. of Ma uh, Malekith, eh? Yeah, Malekith. So yeah. they have a son, Malekith. Um, so obviously, you know, you can see where this is going. Mm -hmm. um, so he's gone a little bit crazy. Um, so they've all gone off um, to that side of the world. And obviously the followers that have gone with them are kind of not the nicest of the elves. And then you've got the, the more um, noble elves, I suppose, have stayed behind um, Uthwan. Um, so anyway, Kalidor's got um, his bunch of mages together and he's gone to the Isle of the Dead to start this ritual. Basically, chaos rocked up, you know, and it's like, <laughs> as it always goes, you know, they're, they're getting beaten back and then, you know, Anarian rocks up, you know, and there's a great battle. All the demons are there, like the four greater demons of the chaos, four greater gods and, you know, they finally, it's something like along the lines of um, they've destroyed chaos. They've finally got um, the Great Vortex going, but to do it, it's kind of like sucked in all the mages. They're like stuck there for eternity or whatever, <laughs> something like that. And then, yeah, Anarin just, um, he just sort of disappears. There's like a great earthquakes and tidal waves. And yeah, the, a lot of the world's destroyed at that point in time. Um, so basically, once he rocks up, um, there was no Phoenix King. So um, all the princes get together. Um, Barathi's out there, obviously, trying to get um, Malekith um, on the throne. Mm -hmm. But there's like a, a council, and they basically, they choose, uh, what is it, Belshanar. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, oh, um, he, he was kind of like a good warrior, um, and like a, a good guy to a certain extent. Um, then yeah, Marathi sort of, um, gets pissed off and goes back to <laughs> early ends. Um, but yeah, Malachith, um, he sort of stays around, um, and he, uh, works with the, the new, the new Kings basically. Um, so this is where the age of colonization and the golden age sort of kicks in. So 
um, chaos is gone. The elves sort of spread out. Um, they start, you know, building up their power again. Um, does that does that include the old world then as well? They're just everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all yeah, going yeah. into the old world. This is where they're trading with dwarves. Um, yeah. That's the um, the the golden age, effectively, with the dwarves and the elves, where they're right. at the highest um, of their um, power. Um, and then this is where chaos starts to seed itself in. So, um, as you probably would have heard, they get quite um, excessive in their lifestyles. And then now the cults of pleasure start sort of forming. Um, and as Josh obviously knows... Um, <laughs> the Slanesh army. Yeah, all Slanesh-based <laughs> and up to all naughty stuff. <laughs> so they all they all go through this excessive time. And uh, Nagaroth is sort of like the homeland of this um, excess, I suppose. So it's kind of everywhere, but that's like the epicenter. Um, and then, yeah... Marathi's sort of like this big leader within the cult. Um, so anyway, basically, Malachi sort of is tasked with going around to get rid of all these cults of pleasure. He ends up sort of like um, putting all these people in jail, including his own mum. So he puts his mum in jail. Um, and basically, he finds out, well, this is the thing with the old, uh, sorry, the end times. Um, this is no end times literature here. The oh, end times right. changes all of this, which oh, right. is basically what I'm going to say. So um, Malachi um, finds that um, the Phoenix King is actually a member of the cultist Lanesh um, and is, you know, corrupted by chaos. Um, so he ends up, um, like poisoning him, um, and basically people or the other elves that are left over, um, who aren't on his side are like, oh, he's poisoned him. And then obviously it's kind of like a, he's saying, no, you know, he's corrupted by chaos. So you're saying he was doing the right thing, but then he got accused. Yeah, yeah. So he, in, in his mind, he was doing the right thing, but he was getting accused by the other elves of being you know, treacherous and a follower of chaos himself. So anyway, he's sort of um, got his followers together and he's trapped a bunch of the high elf noblemen there and he's gone through the sacred flames. Um, but the sacred flames rejected him and he got all burnt and basically thrown out the other end. Um, so all his followers basically scooped him up. They killed everybody and they've... <laughs> um, run off back to uh like Nagaroth and obviously now Nag he's Nagaroth. Is that Nagaroth. Yeah. yeah. Uh now he's back with his mum and mum. They're, they're all back there, yeah. Um and then now he's questing to it, well, in his own mind, um, come back as because he's the rightful king. Um so uh there's the new Phoenix King Kalador comes along. Um, there's basically the war starts between the Dark Elves, um, and, uh, the High Elves, the, yeah, the High Elves, um, there's basically, uh, they try and undo the spell for the Great Vortex, um, this creates, um, a bit of a sundering, 
There's a bunch of, um, and there's magic let off back into the world as well. Um, so there's a, a lot more death destruction. This happens quite a few times. <laughs> um, so basically it kind of keeps going back. Like he invades um, Ulthuan. Um, the War of the Beard starts as well um, in all that. It's very back and forth with basically um, the Dark Elves and the High Elves. So they're pretty much at war, tit for tat. Um, and it pretty much finishes the end of the uh, War of the Beard. Um, the king gets killed, um, the Phoenix King, and then the High Elves basically retreat back to Ulthuan. So which king, which Phoenix King is killed in the War of the Beard? Uh, I think it's Kalidor. Just Kalidor, just yeah, the, yeah. the first one. No, no, no. Was it Kalidor the second? Not sure. One of them. One of them. I think there's two. Yeah, I think there is two. Oh, there's Kalidor. Oh, the... It must be Kalidor the second because then this one says, thus began the War of the Beard. Yeah. Um. um... So, yeah, Kalidor II was cut down by King Gotrek. There you go. I'm reading that yeah, right yeah. there. Um, and then, yeah, they basically retreat back to um, the Ulthuan. Some elves said, no, we're going to stay. And then they've obviously gone into... Became, yeah, became the heart of the wood elves. Yeah, so Athel Lauren, they've gone into there. They've slowly become yeah. the wood elves. Um, so, yeah, the... There's a bit of a back and forth with the Dark Elves still, um, and it just keeps going and pretty much ends up around about uh, where um, the the old world's going to begin. So basically, um, oh, what's his name? Belhathor. That's a few. That's yeah, right. Yeah, Belhathor. There, there you go. So there's a few, obviously, a few Phoenix Kings in between then, but they're not. Yeah, they're just fighting yeah, no, dark nothing. Elves and yeah, all that it's sort of dark stuff, elves yeah. and them. It yeah. just goes back and forth. It's yeah. quite yeah. <clears throat> um. So basically, Belhathor is um chosen um to go out and explore um after. They've rescinded so much. So after the War of the Beard, um, they're at war with the Dark Elves, um, and they've obviously had Norse raids. So they've just come back to protect Ulthuan. Um, and now this is where they're like, all right, um, we're going to start to obviously go out. They discover these other races, men, mm -hmm. who they thought were quite primitive, and they're like, oh, hang on, they've gone to Britannia, they've gone to the Empire. They're like, well, these guys are actually not quite primitive. They're quite strong. Um, and then that's when they started building trade and they're like, well, you know, this is where we need to build ourselves back up and get alliances. Yeah. So they reintroduced themselves <laughs> to the world. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that was basically, uh, that's Finn, Finubar. It was, um, the guy who's gone off and traveled the world and yeah. met all these races. So <clears throat> yeah, that's pretty much up to the point. Um, they've met the Wood Elves, um, but they're not very good. They just don't, the Wood Elves don't trust the High Elves. The Wood Elves have gone and basically, um, almost rejected the High Elves coming. So, um, they're, they're just very wary of them. Um, same with Dwarves at this point. 
Um, so Hives and, you know, it's quite frosty. Um, <laughs> both empires were pretty much, they obliterated each other. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much where we're at um, within the scheme of the old world was... Um, so it's the reign of Finnebar for sure, isn't it? Yeah, his off yep. is explored. He's made these alliances. They've made contact with, yeah, the, the Bretonians, the Empire. Um, they've allowed these races into Uthuan to trade and um, obviously they've shared some secrets here and there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a pretty good point, I think. Um, there's not a lot going on during this time. Um, and I feel like there's scope within the old world to create, create some of some these storylines. I did find story one storyline, um, and it's in the eighth edition book, which is twenty years before the Great Chaos Incursion, called a short-lived alliance. Did you read that one? No, not that one. No. Yeah. So this one is, uh, and the funny, the reason why I bring this up is it's, <clears throat> it's basically an alliance between high elves and dwarves at Barak Var. Um, to scour the green skins of Wag Gut Ripper from the shores of the Black Gulf, which is obviously right at the border princes there. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that that storyline might get expanded on because there's a Sea Lord Aislinn aided King Grun Grundadrac of Barak Barak Var. Um, that's all it sort of says. And then 20 years later, is the Great Chaos Incursion. So I'm just wondering if. There's some, I'm not sure, but some, you know, that might be a little bit of a tidbit that they might expand some things off that one. I'm not sure. It's, it doesn't seem too exciting, but, you know, dwarves nah. and Hyles working together in the Border Princes, that's where the old world is. Well, that's where the game's set to start, so, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it's sort of, it, it'll be pretty interesting. I, I definitely think there's a lot of scope within that period, like they've said. There's not a whole lot of law going on. Um, yeah. So uh, it's a bit of a blank canvas. Yeah, I think um, you're right, though, it's, it's, isn't it? Like they picked this time where they're like, well, at the end, even if it's only, geez, even if it's only 20 years, it's still a lot of time. Technically, they can have a lot of yeah, storylines. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, but there's not, is there anything, you know, like the the Empire's got that definite thing around like, you know, there's no colleges of magic yet and stuff like that. They, I guess the high elves are so long lived that I don't foresee them being much different. Nah, I don't, I don't think there's too much um, <clears throat> during that period where I was like, <clears throat> yeah, like for the, for the um, dwarves and stuff, obviously during the war of the beard, they were quite specific. Like they didn't have black powder at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas high elves don't really seem to have that, technology like you know yeah well they they've always have... had it if they have you know like they've had yeah. it probably for ages yeah well they didn't have a lot of magic at the start they had magic but um obviously when magic came into the world they were introduced to high levels of magic and that's where the first um calador sort of taught them um spells and defensive spells and attacking spells yeah so yeah. that that's when they sort of became fighting because they had to um and then, yeah, it doesn't seem like they've changed a hell of a lot since, um, like, the beginning, like almost 
that first war with chaos. It's almost like mm. all their powers no. that they had then, they're going to be they're bringing still... into the old world. Yeah, that's the thing. And then when you look at one of these timelines in eight, <laughs> it's like um, if you go back a few hundred years, there's, I think it's a few hundred. Uh, maybe it's not even that actually. It might only be, there was another thing called Slaughter at Bleak Meadow, which was a alliance between High Elves, Athel Lauren and to go against Beastmen. Um, so I thought that one might be something that might be interesting where you're, you know, mixing all three of those factions. So maybe there's some storylines there, but it's a little bit, again, it depends where they set this old world. I'm not sure if, is it 20 years before the chaos, uh, great war against chaos? Is it a hundred? Is it, I mean, yeah, it's a bit hard. I think we just lost Josh because, um, batteries ran out or something. Oh yeah. He's playing with his headphones. <laughs> all good. We'll probably wrap up this soon anyway, so that's all good. But um yeah, I don't know. I it's a they're a hard one to pick these wood el- uh high elves because I just like I said, I, I feel like they're they're the same or they've fought dark elves or they've been in f- uh fighting with chaos demons which are not in the old world storyline. No. At least at the moment. <laughs> so I feel like they're going to be almost supporting characters around some of these other old world things around the border princess or yeah, yeah. like that potential, you know, beastman rampages into Athel Lauren, those yeah. Kind of stories. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like there's going to be anything new as such other than maybe some lesser characters rather than like not lesser, but not these epic, you know, Tyrion sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, haven't yeah, and they got the same characters too. Yeah, like like I said, they got the same Phoenix King. Um, yeah, from from what we would have seen in eighth, wouldn't we? Because I mean, was he still there till then? Yeah, I think he was, wasn't he? Oh, uh, the model. Oh no, just the the that mate Finnebar or whatever Finnebar. He's the same Finnebar, Phoenix yeah. King all the way to the current time. So isn't he uh, to the end times? Uh, I believe so. So yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's hopefully it's probably a faction that we'll recognise pretty well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I don't expect them to be too much different. Might be wrong, but who knows? Did they have any nah, modern well, sky colours back then? Yeah, I don't. I haven't looked at the uh, lore of the Lothan's sky cutters. So yeah, I'm I don't sure. know when the sky cutter come into it. <laughs> who knows? Well, they would have to because it was in 8th edition and if they're releasing every model then. Uh, it might not be in the be rules. law, though. It might not be law, in the law. Yeah. Yeah. Could be some yeah. rogue high elves out there, you know, testing <clears> the waters <throat> of hawk-drawn sky. It just mobiles. says skycutters also serve as the outriders of Lothan's armies. Um, yeah, it doesn't really say much. Uh, anyway, not sure. Okay, I've got an eighth edition high off book i've only got a sixth so they didn't have a sky cutter in there no no i'm not too sure of the lore oh so you bought that high off army and you didn't actually ever use it for eighth i yeah i was playing ninth i got it for ninth right right. okay and then i got my sixth book so yeah eighth i've only had um dwarves and vampires oh okay right yeah yep makes sense yeah, yeah. I mean, trying to get eighth edition books and the high one's quite pricey. So I haven't found good. I was yeah. thinking of putting something up on like Legion's 
local, you know, just the local Facebook groups from our local ones and say, surely there's players around that just aren't even interested oh, people anymore. People just hoard stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, you'd have people hoarding it that have no, <clears throat> yeah, purpose for it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway, have you got any thoughts, Josh? I know you dropped out there for a bit on, on what the Woody, the high elves, sorry, are doing, but. I mean, not really. I nah. yeah, dropped out completely for a while. <laughs> um, uh, so well, that's the time they do have um, settlements, don't they? Like along the, the yeah, like little trading posts. Um, so yeah, they've they've made contact with basically everybody on that uh, west coast of the old world. Um, mm. So like Bretonians and the Empire border princes, they've made contact with the Wood Elves, but the Wood Elves weren't very trusting of them obviously because they just ditched them thousands <laughs> of years before and just said no we're leaving um, they're stuck up anyway bloody high elves but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah they're they're sort of they're there in the the old world but obviously um that most of the kingdom is still on Ulfan. yeah yeah, right. Yeah, it's gonna be, they're going to be an interesting one. They're, they're, they're like the Tomb Kings, eh? It's like, what are you guys doing over here in this story? We'll just find out, I guess, but we'll see what they... You I know. feel like the Tomb Kings are going to be jammed into the central part of the story somehow. Yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds like Setra's invasion to pick some stuff back up or something, but yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, like Britannia. Britannia down to... It's quite opposite, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Someone's got to move closer to the other somehow, and I imagine it's because the title is the old world. I feel like Bretonia's going to stay where it is, <laughs> and two yeah. kings are going to be heading up, <laughs> heading up north. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it'll be interesting crusade, to see. I guess. Mm. Yeah, nah, it'll be it'll be cool the way that I, I'm interested to see like how they're going to spin these stories. Um, so it it'll be good. Yeah, a bit more law is always good and, you know, they're probably getting better at it, I think, with – so they're, they're getting better, I think, at continuing the storylines a bit with AOS and 40K, you know, in terms of making yeah. them sort of moving. So that would be interesting to see if they do something like that for the old world, even though you know you've got a final – if it's not the Great War Against Chaos as a sort of final destination, you've obviously got the, the end times as a definite final destination. So it would be interesting to see – you know, if they they do progress like that, or is it more, you know, like Horace Heresy, they're probably not progressing it. They're just going, this is what it is, you know, play yeah, yeah. in that era. So, yeah. Knows. Anyway, um, this one's getting on, so I might, uh, mm. have you guys got anything else to chat about? Otherwise, I might wrap uh, no, this one up. and covered everything we want to. Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't didn't do a shout-out, so I've got no listener questions. I'll get them next week. Um, I, I just will say one big thank you, though. We hit 2,000 downloads today, which is cool. So yeah, it's been wow. really good. And four hundred pushing four hundred and fifty Instagram followers Ooh. after my Blitzkrieg last week trying to get some. So <laughs> um it seems like yeah, if you guys are on Instagram or anything like that, definitely reach out to us on Old World Fanatics plus uh all the other basically all the other socials guys. Thanks so much for listening. Um hope you enjoyed our episode on CanCon and, and Old World and just general rules chat like we do. We uh, we obviously love doing it. That's why we're here every Monday. Um and really appreciate any five-star ratings you can give us because obviously it helps. It's spreading it out. I can feel that we're spreading out as we're getting closer to the old world release. So Absolutely. we'll keep bringing the content if people keep listening. Uh, and even if they're not, we'll probably keep bringing it anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. You got anything else? Otherwise, I'll let you guys uh, get to bed on your Monday night.
And uh, I'm good. Ciao. Cheers. See you, mate. Josh's favorite part. <laughs> now I don't have to listen to the episode tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>